We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. When it comes to equipping night, as I said earlier, uh, we've changed it from vision night to equipping night because we can't give any more vision. What is the vision of the church? Well, the vision of the church or the mission statement is equipping people for life through faith in Jesus Christ, right? But And, and a lot of the times you will hear me say what is, uh, when it says the vision of the church is win your world for Jesus. Well, um, that's great and real easy to say. Win your world for Jesus. Well, how do I do that? <laughs> You know, how do I do that? And so um, when it comes to equipping nights, we want to help you win your world for Jesus. We want to help break down some stuff. We want to put some foundation um, uh, uh, philosophy, ethos into your spirit to go, this is, this is how you can win your world for Jesus. This is how you can help. Them. So tonight I want to just share just some some stuff around that. I'm, I've, I've, I've got like 12 points, so there's no chance that we'll get through it. Um, <laughs> just, I don't think there is, but that's all right. But because um, we've all heard the scripture, right, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, it says this, The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send um, more workers into the harvest field. We Here's the thing is, I, I, I believe there's a harvest out there. I believe people are ready to hear the gospel. Um, and, and here's the thing, the devil knows this as well. Why do I know this? Is because he's amplifying the sound of, of distraction. He's amplifying the, the sound of distraction. He's amplifying the sound of disappointment. He's amplifying the sound of you can do what you want when you want. You're right. You hear some stuff. I've got a good friend who has been, uh, uh, his son has been in the newspaper recently because it's been the, the gay Christian Indian wedding. And I'm not going to comment on that, but I'm like, what? Uh, well, maybe I just commented on that. But, uh, <laughs> but here's, there's, there's a sound that's going to, I was like, what? I just don't, under, I, I can't comprehend that because it just doesn't mix for me and what I believe and, and all that sort of stuff and and I, I love the guy I love the parents and I think they're awesome people um, but uh, the harvest is right and and the devil knows this and so he's going to do what he can to distract destroy we know this John 10 10 right and so our job is to actually go how do we amplify the sound of the gospel because the gospel is actually easy Right, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. We all have, at one stage, received the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've all understood it. We've all heard it. And every single one of us, I pray in this room, has, has had something of an encounter of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, happen in your heart. Now, here's the thing. Were you looking for it? Put your hand up if you were looking for it. So there's yeah, a small number of people, and that's good because some people are actively searching out who God is, and I believe that. And so those people, are like, they're the ones that we can go and help, and we can help them quickly. All right, We can lead them and say, this is the gospel, this is good. And I believe there's people ready for that. 
But there's a lot of us didn't put up our hand because we weren't looking for it. But the gospel was noised and it was spoken and something happened in our spirit. And now we're sitting here in church going, how do we save the rest of Dunedin? All right. And so here's the thing is, if it's, let's not be surprised about surprising people with the word of God. Let's not be surprised about going, hey, this person actually might react well. Yeah, because <laughs> I think I think we get into a point where we're like, oh, now I've I've made this decision to be a Christian, and well, the great the great command, the, you know, Matthew twenty eight eighteen, go into all the world, the great commission. Oh, how do I do that? And and there's something in us that goes, I don't know if I can do that, right? Because there's an embarrassment, maybe, or there's a shyness. It doesn't matter what it is. There's just I, you know, there's there's something that may sometimes we hold back. But as a believer, as a Christian, I want to equip us uh, to know who we are in Jesus uh, so that, you know what, we can just have a conversation like team, you know. He's done years of Xbox training just so he could type fast with his text messages. I'm not sure if he plays Xbox, but hey, Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, no, no, oh, no, you need the Holy Spirit. Well, oh. What, what's the Holy Spirit? That's, that's a great question. You know, but he's like, I know what you need. You need this. And so tonight, I just want to, I want to share some thoughts that I, I think are going to help us be great Christians. <laughs> Is that all right? You are already great Christians, but I think these, these foundation things are, are going to help us out a little bit. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23, it says this, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. It goes on further to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. It says this, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Obviously, this is Paul talking in the letter that he wrote to the Corinthian church. So everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is uh, permissible, but not everything is constructive. And you can go back and you can read it through. It talks about uh, lots of things. It talks about how, you know, food offered to idols and all this sort of stuff. And so there's a whole context here. But I, wanna, I want us to think about what is beneficial and what is constructive for us who believe in Jesus Christ. I think, you know, as a builder, I, I, I can understand the construction um, language. I can understand the process of construction. And so I want to share a few things from the illustration of, of building a house tonight. Is that all right? But so here's things. So everything that we have that comes across our path in our world it can either be uh, beneficial or constructive, but not everything is permissible. And so we get to choose how we want to live our life. Right, we, we get to choose. Otherwise, we're robots. We just do whatever we want to. We, we, no, we do what we're told. Uh, does it, and then no one does that. So anyway. And so here's the thing. I want to say, look, what's beneficial that would move, would, would stir you in your world? What is going to be constructive that stirs you in your world? And so I want to um, share some of those things. Um. Jesus gives us the options to live our life the way that we want to live our life. We get to choose it, which is great. Because even tonight, if I was honest, I was sitting out on my deck. It is a beautiful evening. 
Nice temperature, little bit of wind, sun gloriously shining in. I was like, this is good. This is real good. Those poor people who are going to equipping night. <laughs> oh, that's right. I need to be there too. No, I was like, no, actually, you know what? This is nice. It is nice. But man, tonight, if we can let the Holy Spirit do something in our heart, rather than sit on the deck, um, that's a win. That's a win. Because uh, why? God has placed eternity in our hearts. Amen. I, I think I've been really impacted by the series that we've we've done. It's really highlighted the, I, I don't know if the word is urgency, but it, there's people in our worlds that we love, our workmates that we love and we, we believe for, and they need Jesus. And here's the thing, you, we, are, we can be a part of the key uh, to seeing them have salvation. Cool? All right. Um, so in Matthew 28, verse 18, right, it's the Great Commission. What's it? What is it? Go into all the world, make disciples of all, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, that is a great commission. And let's do that with the power of God, with Jesus in our life. Who, 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 I don't know about you, but I know it says that there's the, the gifts given to the church, right? The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And, and some people are evangelists. But here's the thing is some people are gifted evangelists, but we're all witnesses. We're all witnesses to Christ. We all tell about who Jesus is in our own life. And I pray that when we say, hey, come on, win your world to Jesus, be Jesus in your world. Be Jesus in your world. Let's, let's be the great commission. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Come on, let, let, I don't know about you, but every day, why don't we wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to work for Jesus today. Yeah, yes, I know I've got my job, and, and sometimes there's professional boundaries that you've got to uh, adhere to. I understand that, and I say respect those. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit will give you openings because there's a sound that people want to hear. There's a sound that people want to hear. As I said earlier, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, the, 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 these are the gifts given to the church, uh, the apostles, prophet, pastor, teacher, uh, evangelist. Did I get all of them? Five. Um, their responsibility is to equip God's people, uh, the saints, for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry. Our responsibility is to teach and to equip and to encourage and to love and to spur you on to go, come on. And here's the thing. That doesn't mean that we don't do it as well. We do it as well. We, reach, we let our lives be a billboard for Jesus as well. Um, so here's the thing. We're all apprentices tonight. Who, who's done an apprenticeship? Some of us. Some of us. Get in there. You're starting it. Well, a lot of you are doing training now. Who, you know, you're training for a degree, and then you, then you get in and you do the job. And so so there's a, we're all learning. And so let's, let's say tonight, let's have a heart that is learning. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, so I did my apprenticeship. I did my apprenticeship as a builder. Um, I, I started off, and my best friend was the broom. My second best friend was the spade. And the second other best friend was the shovel. And they were, they were my best friends for a long, they were my best friends for about a year. And uh, I graduated to the little brush and shovel at one stage. But uh, most of the time, I just had to do the cleaning up. 
and or I had to dig footings or foundations. And uh, it was a little bit like the Karate Kid. Who's seen the Karate Kid? The old school original, not the latest ones. Anyway, have we got any Karate Kid fans out there? Uh, you know, mind you, they did it this time. Pick up the jacket. Anyway. Yeah, wax on, wax off. Uh, but here's the thing, is that actually taught me strength in certain areas. And so when we get into a repetitive um, uh, exercise, it brings strength into, into good areas. Um, so I did my apprenticeship. I went through after three and a half, four years. I qualified as a builder. But who knows that I never actually knew how to build a house until someone gave me a set of plans and said, go and build a house on my own. <laughs> Not with my boss. Not with someone else to help me, but it was when here's the set of plans, go and build it. And so I got the set of plans and I went and built this house. And then then the next house that I had, I had an apprentice. And so then I was training an apprentice how to build a house. And who knows that his best friend was? The broom. And his other best friend was? All right, the spade, the shovel, and other brooms. So here's the thing is, we all need to learn to go anywhere. And so... When you're building a house, there's real important things that you need when building a house. Okay, the main, one of the main things is that you need is you need the ground. All right, you can't build a house in thin air. Well, actually, you talk, I know an architect who has built a house in thin air, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The main thing that we have, the main thing that you have to have is the ground, right? The next thing that you have to have is a foundation. The next thing that you put on the foundation is walls. The other thing after that on the foundations is you put a roof. And then you um, have already put in windows. You've already put in doors. Um, you also have the services, the gas, the water, the, the power that come in, the, uh, the sewer that goes out, the stormwater that goes out. And then you also have the design, the interior and the exterior design. Any designers out there who likes designing? Yes, there's a few. All right. And here's the other thing. The great thing about a house, which I think is one of the main things that we need to know about a house, is that you need to do maintenance on it. I know so many people who have got homes, but there's no maintenance done on it. And in fact, I bought one of those homes that no maintenance done on it. And uh, it was great because I got it cheap. <laughs> it loses value when you don't look after it. Uh, and so and maintenance is really, really important. So I actually want to go through and I want to, I want to align these things with who we are as a Christian or some of the areas in our lives as a Christian. All right. So the first thing is the ground. The, so what could that represent? Just ideas out there. What do you reckon that could represent and as the ground, as in your Christian life, what could the ground represent? Jesus. Anyone else? It's very quiet tonight. Everyone's still thinking about the view and relaxing on the deck. and Very quiet. Salvation, yeah. Gifts and talents, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all great answers, no wrong answer. But I think, I think for me, when I, when I was thinking about this and praying about it, um, the ground, I really believe, is our heart. Because without our heart... Nothing can be sown into it. Because the heart, right, it says in Proverbs 4, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, and a lot of them you probably do know. 
So just write them down, write the references down, and then just let just look them up later. But Proverbs 4.23 says, What guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If we don't guard our heart, if we don't know the ground that we have in, in, in our salvation, then our heart can be taken away. Like, not our heart can be taken away, but our heart can get disappointed. Our heart can get hurt. Our heart can be broken. And that's the thing that I've learned about, about the ground being a builder is that you can, you can come up on a section that is 90, 45% steep. Or you can come up against a section that is perfectly flat. But the flat one could be proper rock, or the, the, the steep one could be brittle and flaky. So heart conditions are really, really important when it comes to your salvation in Jesus Christ. Because broken hearts, you know, I heard the saying from John and Helen Burns in Victory Christian Center in the Canada, hurt people hurt people, right? But the great thing is salvation in Jesus Christ is Jesus heals our heart. Jesus heals our heart, but it doesn't mean we've, we've got to, when it comes to the ground and our salvation, we have to guard our heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Here do you, here's the thing. If, if, if something has got into your heart, the course of your heart, sorry, the course of the direction of your life has changed. Suddenly you're like, oh man, I'm so pumped for church I'm so excited about coming here. I'm so excited about doing something. And then slowly, oh man, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to the night service. Something's gotten into your heart. Now, I'm not using any specific illustration or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, we've got to guard our heart because above all else, we will determine your life. And so that's why if the Bible says we've got to do it, we then need to do it. I... There's a great book called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. It'll help you deal with offense. If you get offended by someone, the person who offended you is not going to care. Only what it does is it, it, it will destroy you. It will, it will determine the core condition of your heart and it will, and it will also deter, determine the course of your heart. See that word offense, I, I'll just give, it, give you real quick. Is, I don't know the Greek word, but it's the same Greek word as a trap, as in like a bear trap, right? You stick. So when you're offended, you get trapped like that. And so if you don't deal with the offense, you stay trapped. And all you continue to do is, is, is get hurt more and more and more until, unfortunately, the leg, well, yeah, it's pretty gross. But that's what offense does. But we've got to guard our heart against it. And here's the thing, here's a great way to guard it, is go and talk to someone, right? The faithful prayers of a righteous person avail much. When we pray to one another in James, end of James, chapter 5, when we bring it into the light, come and get counsel about it, pray someone safe about it, get someone to love you through it, and get someone to help mentor you through it. I love what Desiree does when she's mentoring people. She goes, yeah, I'll meet with you, love to. But if you haven't done what we said you were going to do last month, when we meet the next month, that's it. I'm like, ruthless. <laughs> but like, that's actually a good motivation to go, you know what, come on, let's deal with some stuff. Um, so yeah, guard our heart above all else for it determines uh, the course of your life. Why do I believe the ground is our heart? Is the parable of the sower, the farm scattering the seed. Remember, good soil. 
the condition of the soil is the condition of our heart. And here's the thing is, if you want to be a, a, a Christian that, that wants to do, follow God and do what He's doing, can, can cultivate the condition of your heart. There's going to be areas where the Word of God comes and your heart is going to have four options. Stony ground, thorny ground, or the weeds will grow up, and, uh, or the birds will come along, sorry, and then the weeds will grow up, or it will produce a harvest of 30, 60, 100. Can I just say, come on, the most important thing when it comes to our Christian walk is our heart. And so here's the thing, the most important thing when you come and you talk to someone else is their heart. Is their heart. Don't try and lead them to the cross the first time you meet them. <laughs> if it goes well, lead them to the cross. Don't, don't not lead them to the cross. But find out their condition of their heart. Is someone at work just swearing their head off and going nuts? And you're like, flip. Oh, I'm not going to see that person in heaven. <laughs> you think he's miles away. No, why don't you pray? Man, Lord, there's something. He's hurt. I, I remember someone, I, I don't have the time, but um, a person came up when I was with my father-in-law in the car. We had a trailer and we had some stones on it. And apparently some of the stones were falling off and chipping the cars behind us. It, <laughs> Anyway, but this person got really, really, really upset. Got out of his car, came up to this, my father's door side, opened it up, and he's like, oh, you need to rah, 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 put a cover over here, blah, 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 blah. And, and I was trying to get out of the car because <laughs> I really wanted to just say, calm down. And, um, but then, then, then he slammed the door and he got back into his car and, and I went, went off and I was like, looked at my father-in-law and he looked at me and I said, oh, Man, isn't that guy's broken, isn't he? It was like, he's broken. He's hurting. Something's up in his life. You know, yeah, in the natural, we wanted to go and get some shovels and stones and throw it on his car. And <laughs> of course not. Um, but here's the thing if you want to reach people, find out where their heart is, find out the ground that you're dealing with. Because when you find out the ground that you're dealing with with people, you'll suddenly figure out the next thing is how to deal, dig the foundation. You'll figure out, hey man, do I need to get a kango in here? Do I, does anyone know? A hammer drill, jackhammer, kango, anyone? Power tools. All right. <laughs> or do I, need to, uh, do I need to tread softly here? Because it could break anymore. And so, hey, we're equipping ourselves to go, you know what, when this person's having a, when you're having a conversation with someone, ask the Holy Spirit, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Um, parable of the sower. So with this soil conditions, um, you know, Matthew um, chapter 5, verse 8, the Beatitudes, right? God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will inherit uh, they will, um, yeah, they will inherit knowledge. Come, God blesses those who hearts appeal. Let's guard the condition of our heart. Let's have good conversations. Let's keep like no records are wrong. In fact, this is the the Bible says, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath." If there's issues that you got to talk about, come on, let's let's talk about it. Let's open it up, and let's guard the condition. Of our heart. Um, Psalm 66, 18, it says, If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the 
Lord. <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to write these all in real small. Would not have um, listened to me. There it is right there. I'll say it again, 66, 18. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. If there's hurt, pain, sin in your heart, come on, bring it out. Bring it to God. Let him speak to you. Um, you know, I like what David says in Psalm 51, verse 10. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. So yeah, that's looking after our own heart. But I believe when we're talking to people in our world, let's find out where their heart's at as well. Because if you're going to try and go hammer and tongs at something that is just not going to receive you, you'll end up getting disappointed and you'll end up getting hurt. Here's the thing, but always pray and believe for the unction of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in this. Cool? Amen. Because I believe this is going to lead to us seeing great harvest. Because the harvest is ready. Uh, but I reckon we need to encourage and equip our workers. Cool. Next thing, without a doubt, foundations. So we've got our ground, but now we've got to build foundation. Anyone want to throw, see if they can guess what I wrote down? The Bible. I want to use my Family Feud app and push top answer. Great answer, the Bible. Without a, without a doubt, the foundation that needs to be in our world as a Christian is the Word of God. The Word of God will lead you and it will lead you down the right path. Um, Psalm 119, 34, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin uh, against you. I've hidden the word of God in my heart so that I might not sin against us. The greatest foundation that you can ever build your life on is the word of God. The word of God is true. Now, I, I know we, we have a... We have theologians out there and we have grace and truth and we have the spectrum of everything that the world is going to get, is going to try and throw at us. But you have to choose what foundation you want to live your life on and, 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 and run your life on. And it's okay. I think we've just got to get good at least less about arguing with someone about a point and more about outworking the Bible. Amen. Because uh, I think it was Peter, I was talking to Peter, he's like, you're never going to win someone to Christ with your head. You'll only win someone to Christ with your heart. And, and it's so true. But we still need to understand where we stand with the Word of God, with truth and grace. There's lots of things right now in the world that the devil's trying to just bring this massive distraction. Um, but here, I know where I stand on a lot of those issues. There's truth and there's grace. Here's the greatest thing that you don't have to take responsibility for. Do you want a clue here? I'm going to help you out with the rest of your life. It's called judgment. It's not your job. It's not my job. What my job is and what your job is is to, is to know where you stand on it and you can love and you can have truth and grace walking in the same way. Uh, Pastor Bruce, is, um, he uses the illustration of a coin. You know, it has three sides. It has this side and that side and the really little side that goes around. And it says, you know, truth and grace. And when you get truth and grace in the right levels on a point, you can pick the coin and it will roll. 
I like that illustration, but we need to know the Word of God, that He has hidden it in our heart. If you want to go, go and, and see people saved for Jesus, get the Holy Spirit, get the Word of God in your heart, and when you're communicating with someone, just say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom here. Give me the right words to say. Give me the right things, right attitude of heart, and, um, and the Word of God can come up out of your spirit. You don't have to preach at them. You can use normal words, but the power, the word, what is the, the word of God will never return void. It'll always go out. It'll achieve what it wants to achieve, and it will return. And so um, get that into your spirit as well. Um, we know this Hebrews chapter 4, 12, right? Um, I'm, I apologize when I say we know this um, because sometimes we don't. Um, I remember sitting in church, and in fact, a lot of the time still, everyone says, oh, you know, this, this is an amazing verse. You, we should all know this. And I'm like, no, I don't know the verse. Anyway. <laughs> um, but Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest double-edged or two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It, it, um, it exposes our innermost thoughts and dreams. See, it's the Word of God when you're having a conversation with someone. It's going to cut through soul and spirit. It can cut through what they're feeling versus what their spirit should be aligning with. Well, we're getting a little bit deeper now. So, so when someone has, is having uh, issues with life and, and they're wanting to lead their life down a path that isn't what is written in the Bible, you can bring up the Word of God and say, Lord, I help this to be sharper than a double-edged sword right now, to cut through soul and spirit. Help it to just bring truth. Help it to bring revelation. Because what the start of that scripture was, it is alive. Just like when you read your Bible and something comes off the page for you, when you're preaching it with the right heart or sharing it in the right heart, it'll come alive to that person. And we've got to believe that to see people come to know Jesus. Um, it exposes our innermost thoughts and um, desires. And here's the great thing. This is great for us, right? When, when you're struggling with something or when you're believing for a breakthrough or something, now you get the Word of God and you start memorizing it. You know, our kids are sick of, I was like memorizing it, First Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Anyone? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But Ollie will know that off by heart now. Um, because I'm like, come on, come on, Ollie. When I'm praying with them over this week and, and, and like about anything, really, when it comes to fear and timidity, and I'm like, no, come on, get it into your spirit. Get it into your spirit, and it'll come alive when you need it the most. Come on, God's not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He, you can do it. You're awesome. And so let's keep going. Um, so that's two of 12. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, we'll continue this another time. Um, let's open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, primarily because I can't read my writing. All right. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Every word of God proves true. When you're going through something, when you're 
um, struggling, even when you're going through a victory, because, you know, make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, that's actually in the Bible. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Go and find it and come and tell me. Um, but it, we need it for ourselves as well. Every word of God proves true. Kind of if you're battling something, get the word of God into you. Can find it. You might, you might, you might not like to hear it, because I know there's scriptures in the Bible that I don't like to read, because it points out areas in my life that I feel sh- fall short of. But isn't it the best foundation to build our life on? To let the Bible teach us, to let the Bible direct our paths, to let the Bible be the very thing that links into our heart that will build the greatest foundation into our spirit. We might know this one, Isaiah 40 verse 8. It says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. And it's the word of God that is a foundation in our spirit. Um, here's the thing about the word of God. You know, you hear it a lot. Get the Word of God. What's your daily devotion like? Right? We hear that. Are you doing a daily devotion? Are you doing a daily devotion? Um, I, I totally and 100% agree with that. Um, but I, I know that so many times it brings condemnation because um, you feel like you're not meeting the mark when you haven't done your daily devotion. Um, what I'm saying here is, if, you're, if condemnation is getting into your spirit because you're feeling like you haven't achieved your devotion for the day, there's something wrong with your uh, ethos of who God is, your, your, the, your theology. When, I, when, we, when it comes to the Word of God, I pray there's just a desire. And our routine is good. You know, I, I 100% agree. Start the day. With the Word of God, you know, if you've got five minutes when you're walking to church, or oh, sorry, or walking to work, or driving to work, or whatever, start the day with it. It's great. But I think also though, there's just times where you'll get a chance to listen to the Word of God. You'll listen to a worship song. Just start your day with God. But I want to encourage you as well. Study the Word of God. Take extra time. Study the Word of God. And let it. And if, if you want to know how to study the Word of God, or, or just slowly, you know, get the U version Bible app that um, Life Churches uh, from the states, Crowgrashell, his church developed the whole thing. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. There's got reading plans on it that you can get on it. If you want any help about it, come to any of the um, hub leaders. Any anyone who's got the app. They'll help you out with it. There's plans on there that some can take you five minutes, some can take you half an hour. Um, I want to just encourage you, just get into the Word of God. I really, I just, and, and get into the Word of God and get into prayer. There's nothing like seeing just God answering prayer. Um, I just want to encourage you that. All right. Um, I really want to do two more. We'll see how we go. Uh, <laughs> Just eat your cake fast. Um, we know, Ma- oh, sorry, excuse me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Again, um, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is so important. 
And it will come alive in you when you're having a conversation with someone. It just will. It'll come alive. It's like, did they put it up on the screen? It's like, everyone's looking at the screen. You know. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Let's get the Word of God in our life. All right, the next thing. All right, who wants to guess what the next thing is? When you're building a house, you have your ground, you have your foundation. What's the next thing to go on the foundation? The walls, all right. All right there's some carpenters out there. Uh, you know, we need walls for the house. We need walls. And here's the thing, what, what's the walls? Church, church. Come on, no one, there's no wrong answer because it's just I've just chosen something. Anyone else want to have it a guess? You're all very quiet. Church? No, well, yes, yeah, that's, that's, church could be some internal walls, yeah. Boundaries? Are you nice? Boundary walls? You're nice, nice. I like thinking. Anyone else? Body of Christ? Good. You know what? I've written down as the walls. The walls are your testimony. Because here's the thing. No one can destroy your testimony. So when it comes to walls that hold up the roof, the walls in your life are your testimony. Because no one can argue with it. This is my testimony. And here's the thing. The boundary walls are the load-bearing walls. They're the ones that hold up the weight of the roof. They're the ones that hold up the structure of the wall. The walls, when it comes to a house, you've got to have a ground, which is a heart, a foundation, which is the Word of God, the walls, which is your testimony. You're building your house, and this is your house, this is your testimony. No one can argue with it. No one. Like Everyone in this room has got a great testimony. Pastor Desiree has a great testimony, but there was a time where she thought, no, I had a boring testimony. I, got, I grew up in a Christian home and my parents were awesome and my brothers and sisters were awesome and I went to church and I went to church camps and I met this awesome guy and I got married to an awesome guy. And, and uh, <laughs> just seeing if you're all awake. And her testimony is just like, un, there's no flaws in it whatsoever. None. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but man, you listen to her testimony, it's powerful. Learning to have to overcome um, different challenges in her own world and how, how, how God spoke to her and, and she, she went and she dropped her boyfriend that she was dating because he wasn't a Christian. And uh, she's, you know, she just changed her life because she heard God and God came into her life. And then she went and got baptized and then she gave her, continued to say, God, I'm yours. And then God blessed her with the blessings of the world. And anyway, <laughs> but her testimony is awesome. So you might think, man, I've, I've got the boringest testimony. No, you don't. You have got a great testimony and no one, and I tell you now, no one can argue with it. You know, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, you know, we know Peter's declaration. It was the revelation that Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter. Because he says, because well, Jesus says, who's a man say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the, you are Jesus, the son of the, no, you are the Messiah, the son of God. And Jesus turns around and he says, blessed are you, Peter, for on this rock, I will build my church. He's talking, he's, you know, there's a little bit of a play on words. 
but it was on that revelation. It was on that testimony that God's going to build it. And here's the thing is everyone will love to hear your testimony. Everyone. Everyone will listen to your testimony. If, if, if there's an opportunity that comes up, they will listen to it and they'll be intrigued. It might not lead them to go, man, I need that straight away. But man, it will do, do some stuff. You all know, you all know, or may have heard if you've been around church long enough about how I did my apprenticeship with my boss who used to persecute me every day. But then years and years later, when I'd finished that job, I was in London, he got cancer. My, the nurse that was looking after him knew my father-in-law. And so he told the nurse to tell my father-in-law that he had cancer. Why did he want me to know that he had cancer? Because I was a believer. I had hope, I had faith. And so I got in touch with them. And so your testimony is the walls of who you are. No one can, no one can challenge your revelation on who Jesus Christ is. It will hold the walls up in your life. Um, uh, yeah, all right. We'll only do this one. Um, I'll give you the other ones and we'll follow them later. Revelations chapter one. That's the last book in the Bible. If you were unsure, um, Revelation chapter one it says this. I'm just gonna. Who would have thought it would take me this long to find it? <laughs> right. Um, this is the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He will send an angel to the pres- to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported the, everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. What God's showing you is something for you to show the world. What God has said to you is something for you to share with the world. Your testimony is awesome. It really is. And don't ever be scared of sharing your testimony. In fact, we were in a group a little while back and um, the, the Peter was talking about, you know, we should learn how to tell our testimony in 15 minutes. And I think it was in five minutes and three minutes and in one minute. Like, get really, one minute, this is the bullet points. Jesus loves you. They're done. Um, but let's, let's, let's think about our testimony. Let's just... Think about how we can share. If someone asks, man, we're ready to share it. We're ready to do this. And think about the key things about how, how you encountered the love of Christ and the forgiveness of God and that now you've got hope and purpose. Amen. And so let's have uh, our testimony. Um, Revelations 12, verses 10 through 11, since you're there, says this. Um, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it had, has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of, of, his, of his Christ. For our accusers of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, it says this, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the, by their testimony. The walls in our life are our testimony. And nothing can, no one can destroy that wall. No one can argue with it. Your testimony is personal. It's for yourself. And it's what Jesus has done for you. No one can argue that. 
And so I want to encourage you with that. So tonight, just just three things that I've, I've talked on. I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the other things in a second. But um, just, just, you know, when it comes to your heart, guard it. Guard it. I, I, I pray that the vision of this church and where we're going as a church, we're reaching out to different places. We're a church that loves to reach out to the next generation. We, we want to see the generations coming through. I was actually talking to someone the other day who said, yeah, I go to a traditional church. We've got no young people. It's going to be gone in 10 years. I'm like, man, that's so sad. So sad. But come on, we're a church that goes after the next generation. And we'll also go after the generations that are here and also the generations that are already before us. But we want to go after, we want to be relevant to today. Uh, and I pray that as we get older and mature, our hearts will be for the next generations that are coming through. Amen. So let's keep our heart um, soft. Let's keep our heart clean. Let's keep our heart in the soil. And then work with the other person's soil as well. Foundation, Word of God, walls your testimony. All right, let's quickly go through. I'll give you the, the titles and then, hey, you can go and do some homework if you want. The roof was the fear of God covering. You know, I, I love my roof. Who likes sitting under the roof listening to the rain? It's because you're under the roof. <laughs> no one likes, unless it's a warm, nice night and the rain's coming straight down, then we like standing in the rain. But when it's coming sideways, no, we don't. Um, just the roof. I, I think key, one of the key things as a, as a Christian is, um, is just our covering. Knowing that we're, we're under authority. Um, we're under God, the fear of God. God is, the fear of God is our covering. Now, that's not a fearful fear of God. It's a reverent fear of God, but that's our covering. I don't want to step out from underneath that. You get wet, cool? Um, man, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, these are real quick. Um, the windows uh, is your faith and your view. I think we, we all need to have windows, and, and we'll all have different windows that we'll look out and different viewpoints that we're going to look out, and that's probably will entice some of what you like doing, your passions, and what you're for. So windows are your view. Um, Doors are just what needs to go in and out of your house. We we need to know that stuff comes in and stuff has to go out. Um, So I haven't got, yeah. Um, The services, which is like the power, the water, the sewage, is the grace and favor. I just thought, you know, what is the power that comes into the house is the grace and the favor of God who then enables us to go and do what we've been called to do. Um, or for all those interior and exterior decorators, um, this is your gifts and your personalities. Who likes it when every house looks different? You know, one of the Desirees, she hates driving through suburbia or a new, like, um, Subdivision, because a lot of the houses look the same, um, and that's okay. That's, that's what those people have chosen to have. But here's the thing: interior and exterior is your gifts. It's your personality. It's how God created you to be. So be you're allowed to be comfortable in that as well. And then the last one is maintenance. We need to keep good maintenance on our house. Um, and so yeah, cleaning. Do some good cleaning. Psalm one thirty nine. David says, search in me, Lord, point out anything that may offend you. Uh, maintenance is really important. 
Because the devil loves to sneak. He loves to get in subtly. And here's the thing is, if, and I go back to how we started. Um, if you haven't been offended, you probably will get offended in the church because we're all human. I pray you never get offended purposefully because that's, that's a real wrong heart. Um, but if you get offended, come on, deal with it. Do some cleaning, do some maintenance. Work it out, because uh, we want to see people one for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, I pray tonight, I'll, I'll pray in a second, but I, I pray that these things are going to help just establish who you are as a Christian first. To go, you know what, I know, I know the ground that my heart was is like or has been like, but I know what it's like now. And so now I can appreciate other people. I know what it is to stand on the Word of God now. I'm not going to go through it again. But I, I just pray that you know what it is then now we can just love the people in our worlds. Love the people in our worlds. Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Let's, why don't you stand? We'll pray. Thank you for your time. Wow, that seven minutes went quick. Uh, Father, I thank you for every person here. And Lord, again, just as we stand and we sit at your feet, I pray, Lord, that every person would just know who they are in you. Would you take them on that walk, that journey? I love that scripture. I can always, I just always forget the reference, but the message version of it is, walk with me and work with me. It's so beautiful. That's, that's what you want to do with us, God, is just walk with us and work with us. Lord, we, we, we're broken, but you've healed us, but we live in a, such a broken world. And so, Lord, give us the right way to speak, to move, to bring action into the world that we live in, to love the people around us. Lord, even if it's that person who's been a jerk for many years, or Lord, that person's hurt, that person's broken. So Lord, help us to help them. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you've, we are your saints, and we are here to do the work of the ministry. We are here, Lord, to go into the fields because they are ripe of harvest, Lord. And so, Lord, give us the tools. Give us, Lord, the, the, the unction of your Holy Spirit to go into the worlds that we live in, to invite people out for dinner, to connect with them, Lord, to do. Um, Lord, you're going to lead us in this. Give us opportunity, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.